Hi gorgeous, this is episode number 282 with the amazing Susie Carter. Hi, this is Susie Carter and you are listening to Cart Sales Podcast with my good friend Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. Well, I can't wait to have this conversation with Susie today. She has been a guest at the Sales Mentality Makeover Masterclass and it was pure gold. So I'm so excited. I have another conversation for you today at the Heart Sales Podcast. We will be talking about how to grow a seven-figure-plus mindset so you have everything you need to thrive in your business, in your life. Susie is not just your average coach. She has worked with thousands of businesses, achieve exponential growth, create radical business strategies, and blast from ordinary to explosive. Her book, Power Your Profits, is out where she teaches how to take your business from 10,000 to 10 million. So make sure you check that out as well. And let's dive right into Susie's story so you can be inspired and get all the golden nuggets. I am so super excited to have you on the show today, Susie. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate first. I appreciate what you do for us. Like I, We need more powerful women holding the flag, bringing people together, sharing the good news, right? Because that's where you find your next coach, that find your next business advisor, you know, your next mentor, right? It's podcasts like this that we come together and celebrate each other. It's so refreshing. We're in a new era of women supporting women, which I love, love, love. So thank mm. you. Well, thank you so much. And I just love that you took the time. You, you did an amazing, amazing, amazing interview on the sales mentality makeover masterclass number four. And I was just blown away by your content. And so I asked you, like, can you share some more on the podcast? And you said yes. So thank you so much for that in advance. And I, you know, the podcast is to empower people and to inspire people to understand that sales is necessary to have a thriving business. And yes. when you do it in an authentic way from your heart, it can be actually a ton of fun. And you had such, you know, an amazing path from, you know, growing up to achieving this massive, massive success. So I really wanted to start with inspiring people a little bit about your story to start with so they can get like this perspective of where they are in comparison to where you started out, because oftentimes people just see the end result and they think like, right. wow, I can never go there. I could never do this. And they don't see like the paths that people have taken. So give us a little bit of a background and um, yeah, to inspire people. Yeah. So I am a serial entrepreneur and I came that way because uh, I grew up in a really large family. There was nine of us. So there's 11 people in my family. Um, and then we only has cousins overs and, you know, there, there was always a full house, right? So we had nine kids, Bobby, Ronnie, Stevie, Terry, Johnny, Shelly, Susie, Kelly, Debbie. Right. My dad was in the military. My mom was a seamstress. So statistically, I shouldn't be where I'm at. I should be poor. I should be in the trailer park still. <laughs> right? And I made a decision early on that I, I can't. I cannot. I can't live this way. Right. There was always we were the kind of poor, Christine, that, you know, where you hear people's story and they're like, we were poor, but we didn't know we were poor. We had everything we needed. No, girl, I'm talking government cheese poor. I'm talking about you knew our, our school shopping was at yard sales. Our school shopping was at Goodwill, the DAB, right? Those are secondhand stores. 
Like that was our reality, right? We would literally have to go to our friend's yard sale, right? And you're just mortified. Like I'm buying Jenny's pants <laughs> to wear to school for my new school clothes, you know, so got teased and bullied because we were poor. And I just decided that I, I didn't want to be this way. I didn't, I didn't know how to do it, right? My, we grew up in a, a large family, so education wasn't talked about. It wasn't like, oh, you're going to college, college. I didn't even really realize college would be an option until I was like 35. Like, oh, somebody should have told me about college because <laughs> we had yeah. you know, money for college, no money for school. The gift that my dad did give me, like he's a hard worker. He gave me an amazing work ethic. All of us have an amazing work ethic. And he said, Sue, you can have whatever you want. Just go get a job. And so 10, 11, 12, cleaning windows, doing yard work, babysitting, anything that I could earn a dollar, right? And learning how to leverage it. And, and I'm a saver, right? I'm <laughs> a saver. So I would save my money to get what I wanted, which at that time, I'm a big transparent, Christine. <laughs> at that time, with six girls and three boys, my priority was underwear. I just wanted my own underwear. Because when I say everything was hand-me-down, everything was hand-me-down. I'm like, yeah. I do not want to wear some yucky, nasty panties. I realized I had this fixation with lingerie. And I'm like, what is my deal with underwear? I don't need any more underwear. I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. Totally. Yes. Yeah, so tell me, like, when did you have that realization that this lifestyle is not for you? Early on, right? With, with 11 people in the house, we had 1,200 square feet. We had uh, three bedrooms. We had one bathroom. Um, it, in eighth grade, I went to my girlfriend, Joni Ring's house. And Joni Ring, you know, lived in the good side of the neighborhood. And she had this beautiful, what felt like a palatial house, right? It was probably 3,000 square feet, but you walk in, everything was white. Now, in my house, everything's brown because you got that many kids. So carpet's brown, couch is brown, brown, right? Tile's brown. And I'm looking around and everything is white and pristine and clean and immaculate. With 11 people in the house, nothing's clean, nothing's immaculate, right? And I'm like, oh, this is what I want. I would love this, right? And so I've always been like, if I can see it, I can believe it. Right? If I could touch it, if I could experience it, if Joni Ring can have it, I can have it. Now, I didn't, knew, I didn't know what that would take to do that, but my, that's where my drive came from and just wanting something more. And God has given me this gift of you know, generating money, creating money. I have, I've had to learn how to build it, save it. I had to learn sales. I didn't like sales. Right? I liked it when you came to me. Right, but I didn't like have to go get it, right? Or I didn't like no, nobody likes no. And so this journey I've, I've built, you know, I started nine companies, two were a dismal failure. Gonna be transparent, gonna be honest. Right? Had wrong partnerships, I, meet, I had a partnership. I don't ever recommend that unless you know that person, like you know them, know them, know them, right? Because that's like going on a date and going, let's get married. Nobody would ever do that. Yeah. Well, you might when you're really young, but you wouldn't do that <laughs> as you're more seasoned. <laughs> so I've had nine companies, seven multi-million dollar companies. And because of my work ethic, because of my tenacity, because of my unstoppability and just going, oh, I have an amazing education, right? I do have my PhD. So I did really study and get that. And that was my public high school diploma. <laughs> I just need to say that. <laughs> wow. But my education has all been stuff like this, right? Back in the day, it wasn't, education wasn't, and business education wasn't accessible as it is today, right? Um, I'm aging myself, but you would have to, you know, go to the bookstore, get a book, and learn that way. 
right? If you were lucky enough to go to an event or hear about an event, because there was no internet, there was no, it was really a friend of a friend of a friend invited you to this thing, right? And really transforming my life by filling my mind with positive information, skill set. You know, I was, uh, I got married young because my dad said, Sue, you know, when you're 18, move out, you get a husband, get a job, do whatever you do, but you move out. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I didn't wait till I was 18. That's a deadline. (laughs) That is a deadline. (laughs) But look, girl, I'm so spicy. I didn't wait till I was 18. I was 17. I'm like, I'm almost 18. I'll just move out now. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) moved out. I literally, this is horrible. I could not imagine my children doing this. Left my parents a note. I'm moving out. It'll help out. You know, you want one less mouth to feed. You know, I'll be fine. Like, no phone number, no, like, where are you going? Like, peace out. <laughs> Just wow. like, oh my goodness. Can you imagine if your kid no. did that? I, I would uh, <laughs> hunt them down. They didn't hunt me down. They didn't track me down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got married young, right? I, and, oh, it was just beautiful. I didn't know anything about picking a husband at 17. What do you know? Right? So he walks in. He's just got muscles. He's got a checkbook. He's got a car. He's beautiful. Isn't that a good husband? I thought that was a totally good husband. <laughs> well, you know, for the first impression, that's good. <laughs> yeah, for the first impression. Not a good husband. Like our values weren't aligned, but I do have two beautiful, amazing children from him, right? That was the blessing. That was the lesson. That was the journey. That was the purpose. These two beautiful women that, you know, are now just my purpose. And when I got divorced, my babies were 18 months and six months old, and there was no child support, no alimony. It was a horrific divorce. And so I had to pull up my big girl panties and go, I, I got to take care of my babies. That became my first why, mm. right? Before it was inspiration. It was, you know, like, I'm someday, I'm going to be, and then it was reality. Like, there is no someday, it's now, right? You need to take care of these children. This other person's not going to support or co-parent. You're it, girl. You're on your own. And that really had me develop my hustle muscle, right? My vocation at that time is I was a hairdresser. And as a hairdresser, I made a quarter of a million dollars a year being a hairdresser. The average hairdresser, even today, makes less than $50,000 a year. And so my passion was, I need to teach other people how to do this. Mm. 15% of your financial success is based on your vocation. 15%, the other 85% is our sales strategy, is our marketing strategy, our operations, right, and our financial plan. So I looked at if I could teach people, like, you got to be great at your 15%. I have to be a great speaker. You have to be a great interviewer. You have to be a great, you know, sales trainer. Like, your vocation has to be amazing. But more importantly, we've got to work on the infrastructure. We've got to work on getting people in. We've got to work on the detail, which most entrepreneurs don't like. They like the vocation part which is great, but you can't really outsource when you're first starting up because we, we got that hustle muscle. We're the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. So you've got to really put all that in place to be able to build a multi-million dollar company. 88% of small businesses are failing. One out of every other business right now in the pandemic. So 50% of small businesses are going out of business right now. So I want you to look at the way you're going to stay in business is work on that 85%. Work on your sales strategy, right? That, if you can't sell, you got no money. That's the foundation. Of, I had to realize I had to talk to strangers where I had to pick up the phone and call people. Look, girl, I used to be so scared of sales. Like, 
Paul Sharnsky. I'd have to call Paul Sharnsky. He was the scariest client because he was a New Yorker, kind of that tough guy. I felt like he was mean. I didn't know, but he's just a New Yorker. It wasn't mean. He was just a New Yorker. Now I know and I can laugh at it, but girl, I would have to go to bed after I talked to Paul. I got myself so wound up because I didn't have a system. I didn't know how to sell. I was just like, I knew I had to. So I would get all wound up and then hang up the phone and go, I got to lay down. (laughs) When you know the system of sales, when you understand there's a process, when you understand there's a script, you don't have to get yourself all wound up, right? You don't have to be afraid of the no. You don't have to be afraid of them not liking you. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It just means not now. They're not ready right now. Or you haven't really tapped into what their needs were, you know, that finding the need, filling the need. So all, all that. That was a really long story to tell you who I am, my backstory. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just, I just love it. I mean, there, there are already so many golden nuggets just in the story. Right. And mm-hmm. I think what, what I want for people to realize, no matter where they are on the journey, they can turn it around. Yes. Right? You don't need to stay stuck. I mean, that's a decision. Just, you know, realizing that, well, maybe your lack sales skills and that's something you can fill and you can feel amazing selling because you learn a system, you learn how to make it easy and you align your head and your heart and you can just have a really fun conversation that converts, then you're in a much better place, right? And then when you make money, you can, you have more choices. Obviously you're better off. So let me so ask you. Look at, you need to look at what is the skill set that I need to learn. Like oh. people want to outsource sales. Well, until you understand sales, you can't outsource sales. I'm the best salesperson in my company. I have a sales team, but I still have to be the best salesperson, right, to lead my team. So it never goes away. I've been doing this for 30 years. It never goes away. Like you want to, you think, oh, I can have someone else do that. No, not really. Not ever. It's, it yeah. starts with you, like speed of the leader, speed of the game. Yeah, such a great point. Yeah, I'm also a big believer that you need to know what you outsource. Right. You cannot just hand it over and trust and pray that the other person knows what to do. Right. Right. The wrong partner. Like when you outsource, it's also somebody on your team, somebody you're picking. So you only want to go for the best. And to know if they are the best, you need to know how the job is done. Right. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you, what was the very, very first thing you ever sold? Do you remember that? <laughs> sold everything. So the first thing we sold, well, for, was myself first, right? Because I sold babysitting services. I sold. Yeah, like what, what's the um, earliest TV. memory of, of ex, you know, money, money exchange into your hand for something you did? It was cleaning, right? So my dad said, just go earn some money. So I went and knocked on doors and said, Hey, you know, I'm starting this cleaning business. You have any chores that you need done? There was no sophistication around it. And then they told me how much they would pay. I didn't, I didn't have a pricing strategy. They're like, yeah. So they would give me their little to-do list. And then I got my little money, my first $10. I went down to the drugstore and I bought 10 pairs of underwear. (laughs) Cause they were a dollar a piece. Right. So I was like, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like, uh, and then I hit them. So my sisters, I put them under my pillow, all 10. So my sisters wouldn't get them. Right. So, Cause they were a commodity. Yeah. yeah. So that was the first thing. The, the second thing I learned early on was the power of barter, the power of really leveraging what somebody else wants for something that you have. So a big family, we never had sweets, right? So every, I don't know, once a quarter, we might make chocolate chip cookies. 
And for some reason, I don't like chocolate. I know it's weird and people think I'm weird, but I don't care for sweets or candy or chocolate. Or, and it may be because we never had it. I don't know. It's good for you, though. <laughs> I just don't like it. I do have another story about that. that we'll save that for next time. Yeah. <laughs> next time you interview me, ask me about the chocolate story because I've already divulged the underwear thing. So I'll tell you the cho- chocolate thing on the next, on the next interview. <laughs> So I learned we would get, you know, because there were so many kids, we'd get our little baggies of cookies. So you might get six cookies a piece and you'd get your little baggie. And I would watch my brothers and sisters eat the cookies. Now, everybody knows Thanksgiving. You have Thanksgiving, yes? Yeah. So everybody knows Thanksgiving dinner, there's a ton of dishes. Yes? Right? Because you have more people. Well, imagine that every night because that was our house, right? We had... 11 people every night eating, and then there was usually a cousin or a friend or somebody over. So there was only like 15 people every night for dinner. Wow. And so, and we were the dishwasher. We didn't have, it wasn't back in the, like it is now, everybody has a a machine dishwasher. No, no, no. We were the dishwashers. So I watched my brothers and sisters eat their cookies. It was really my brothers that would fall for this, not my sisters. They're like, hell no, I'm not doing your dishes. So I would say, hey. I got cookies left. If you do my dishes, I'll give you two cookies. And they're like, yes, you know, because they love sweets, they love candies. And so I'm like, this is genius, right? So then that became my strategy. Like, what chores? Laundry and dishes. Like, I'll vacuum, I'll do whatever, but laundry and dishes? Woo, no, mm -mm, that's too many with all those kids, right? Imagine 12 towels a day. 12 towels a day, a day, a day, right? (laughs) It's crazy. So then I realized Halloween, again, I don't like sweets, so I'd go trick-or-treating because that was fun. I'm like, oh, Halloween, this is, this is like cash. So I'd wait for them all to eat their candy, right? And of course, they're going to eat the chocolate bars first. And then I would, I would literally divvy my chocolate, then my, you know, then my chewies, and then my, my sucky candies, right? And so I'd have them spaced out. I hid them in my room so nobody could find them because, you know, we're all stealing each other's stuff. And so then I'm like, hey, you want to do my dishes? I'll give you two candy bars, three candy bars, whatever it is. And always got my chores done by somebody else because I didn't care for the candy. And then I think that became a muscle, right? Like, I'm not yeah, eating this. I, I just think like how brilliant that is. And you're, I, it's <laughs> interesting to, to hear your strategy. So I don't know if you took it that step further that you said, well, now I can go work for someone else for cash. <laughs> well, we did. So then, we did, I don't know if you remember, we, we had like all these, like an Avon, and then there was another thing like an Avon where you had these pamphlets and you would go sell things to women, right? Mm-hmm. Your Girl Scout cookies. Girl Scout cookies, you got prizes, you didn't get money. So I didn't care for Girl Scout cookies. Like I wanted yeah. to pull card cash. But these little, it was called Princess something. I don't even remember what it was. But we'd have these pamphlets and then they would have to pay for it and then I would get to keep 25% of it, and then I'd send, you know, 75% to the company to get their product in, right? Because they would, they, they would pay me, you know, a couple times I spent all the money. That was not a good thing because I got excited, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that was when I'm like, oh, there's opportunity all around me. And so one of my mantras, Christine, is, you know, wealth is your birthright, and there's money all around you. It's are you looking at the opportunity that's coming into your circle, into your sphere, right? A lot of people are waiting for drop in your lap. Well, it is in your lap. You just have to look and go, oh, candy equals, you know, someone else do something. That that was a leverage, leveraging system. Oh, go do this, you get this. Oh, go babysit, you get this, right? And then I learned babysitting. If I babysat and did your housework, they, they tipped me. 
And I like how I liked housework, right? Because we just did it as kids and I can't stand mess. So I'd go in your house and I wouldn't be doing it for extra money, but then I learned, oh, if I vacuum, if I do your dishes, you're like, oh my God, I love this kid. Give me extra money. I'm like, this is a strategy. <laughs> yeah. I just love what you said. Opportunity is all around you. This is so, so important. And I just would love for people like get out a piece of paper and a pen and write it down, put it on your desk, right? And uh, just really inhale this because it's so right. true. When your mindset is in the right place and you see or you start seeing opportunity all around you, you will be surprised of what's there yeah. that you haven't seen before. And I, I just love you brought us a very, very cool gift as well. Um, the 10 points business um, plan. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about it because it's pretty genius and um, it will be in the show notes, obviously for people to, to just click and, and get it right away. Um, yeah. What, what's included? Well, I love assessments, right? I like, I don't like when somebody says, Susie, you're this way or you're that way. Like they try to put me in a box. I like when I discover for myself. Mm -hmm. You know, like I loved, you know, in the magazines, when what kind of girlfriend are you? What kind of wife? What kind of lover? What kind, you know, whatever. And yeah. you take this assessment, you're like, okay, I might be a little emotional, whatever. So I've created this business assessment for you to assess where you are in your business. Now I have a video that goes with it because a lot of times what we think it is, isn't necessarily what it is, right? So if you look at, let's just take the domain of sales. If you look at sales, to go, do you have a sales strategy? Do you have sales scripts? Do you have accountability to yourself and to others? Do you have follow through? How much time does it take from contact to contract? Do you understand the system? Like that's just a little sliver of sales. And yeah. so when somebody really explains what it is, it's like, oh, I really don't have a sales strategy. I really don't have a financial strategy. I really don't. We might have concept of it. We might have awareness of it, but we don't have the system or the structure around it. So it allows you to assess your own business and then we prioritize. What's the thing I need to work on first, right? I'm always going to say it's going to be your financial plan and your business plan because without you knowing the foundation of what your business needs, we can get so busy, Christine, with our busyness. I'm busy being busy, being busy, busy, being busy, but busy doesn't make money, right? That doesn't make money. That gets stuff done, but it's not the highest income producing activity. Yeah. So, I walk you through 10 areas of your business and then, you know, make some recommendations of what you need to do next, but allows you, and I do it in my own business every year. Did I improve? Where am I stuck? And I want to say that you never, ever, ever get a hundred percent. I don't get a hundred percent of my business right now because if I'm looking at, I'm, I'm putting on my online marketing campaigns together, or maybe I'm hiring team. You're always distracted by something that's important that you're building right? Especially as a solopreneur, right? I feel like sometimes I'm the plate spinner. I don't know if you feel this way. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the old TV show where they would spin the plates and go, then they'd run back to the other side, right? And have to spin the plate again. That's small business. That's solopreneurship until you have the resources and the money to um, really outsource. And then who do I outsource first? And what's going to make me the biggest bang for my buck so that I have more freedom and time. So yeah. it, it's really a fun let me just say fun, fun, because business is supposed to be fun. Yes. And if I'm not having fun in business, I don't want to do it. Because to me, entrepreneurship is a blast. The people I get to make, the difference I get to make, the money I get to make. I'm an entrepreneur because I don't know about you, but nobody's the boss of me. 
Yeah. I like somebody telling me what to do. If I'm broke, I'm broke because I didn't do the work, right? If, if I'm successful, I'm successful because I did the work, not because Christine gave me a promotion or Christine said it was great. It's like, no, I did the work. Yeah. That's why I love it. I love that about entrepreneurship. But in the beginning, it was really hard because I had to figure out all the systems. And I think that's my biggest gift is I've done the hard work to figure out what do you need to do next to get to the next. Mm. And don't reinvent it. Don't try to do it yourself, right? Find the people that you resonate with that have the same value system as you that can, that are 10 steps ahead of you, right? Not ideas and concept. There's a lot of coaches. There's a lot of business um, mentors, people that are giving you concepts. Concepts don't pay the bill. Strategy pays the bill, right? Implementing that. Follow step one, step two, step three. Naturally, I'm creative and I'm a butterfly, right? Sparkle, squirrel. <laughs> and I love being creative. So I have to have, you know, bumper rails. Like when you go bowling and they put the bumper rails up, right? What are the bumper rails? Oh, that I <laughs> What's the bumper rails I need to put up so that I can, I can get a strike or I can, you know, hit the ball at least. Yeah. So that's what I do for businesses to go, don't, don't do this, do this. Don't do this, do this. Don't do this, do this. Right. So your, your learning curve, we, we shave about 10 years off your learning curve. Yeah. And I also want to, yeah, I also definitely, before we wrap up, I want to like touch on your amazing new book that just came out, Power Your Profits. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so super excited. I already got my copy. I'm going to dive in as soon as I can. And I, I just loved, you know, I had a little scroll through, but I haven't really um, gone into the details yet, but I will. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about the book because you have brought together so much knowledge. I feel like it's, it's a course in making profits in your company. <laughs> So it really is about bootstrapping your business, taking your business from 10,000 to 10 million. After 10 million, you hire another coach. That's not fun for me anymore. This is my sweet spot. This is what I love to do is help companies, businesses, people get to that level. And what are all the things that you have to do to get there? Again, I put assessments in each chapter. So you're assessing yourself. You know, we know as entrepreneurs, we may not know what to do first. But I give you all the templates. I give you the simple strategies to let's, I like to uncomplicate this complicated thing called business to go, how do I simplify this? And then how do I make it fun, right? I have lots of case studies. I tell you about my own failures and my successes because I don't believe that you just teach from your mountaintop. You, you got to see the bloody knees, the bloody elbows because that's business, right? The hardship. And so telling my story, my client's story, but it's truly the roadmap to building a seven and eight figure business. Mm, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I will definitely put all the links in the show notes so people can get it. And the wonderful surprise I got when I got the book, um, you can get uh, and have a look at poweryourprofitsbook.com because you get amazing bonuses with the book. And I was totally blown away um, how generous you were with your bonuses, with sharing all of this good stuff. Um, you know, for just getting the book, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is like so many dollars worth of content of really helping people to grow that I really want to invite you guys to check that out, poweryourprofitsbook.com and definitely get your copy, a copy <laughs> and uh, get the bonuses. Yeah. So you invest $28 in the book and you get about $5,800 worth of bonuses. It's just for no the book comes out September 22nd, you know, from the publisher, you know, Simon and Schuster published it. 
So I'm, you know, I wanted to give you something to work on right now, right? Wisdom and yeah. wealth is one of our courses because you got to work on your mindset to blow open your financial world, right? Yeah. So many times we have inherited beliefs from our mothers and our, our grandparents and our community that we're not even aware, right? So juicy. So each one just gives you, you know, powerful access to tapping into your financial future. Yeah. Right. So we, I give you a Power Your Profits webinar that gives you, you know, really the, the taste. Right? I'm giving you some sizzle. You can come into our Facebook group so that you can ask questions. What I'm committed to, Christine, is this can be lonely. Right. It's like, where do I go to be vulnerable enough to take my cape off? Because we're all super women, super men. Where can I take my cape off to ask the questions I need without feeling like, you know, I'm going to be judged. It's a safe place to say how do y'all do that? <laughs> how do you do that? Because <laughs> yeah. there's strategy, yeah. right? And then I give you my favorite spreadsheets. So about $3,500 worth of my favorite, favorite tools that I created for myself because I felt like such a ding dong when I would talk to my accountant and my CPA that I'm like, I've got I to gotta take this information and put it in Susie language, right? So how do I see what I need to produce? Because they give you two P&Ls, Right. One said you had money, one said you didn't. I'm like, do I have money or not? Like, all I need to know, how much cash do I have? What can I do? So I created them for me because I felt like a ding dong. And then my clients would say, can I have that spreadsheet? I'm like, you want my spreadsheet? I thought I was just creating it for me. Like, that's a secret stuff you hide in the background so people don't know you don't know. And then I realized nobody else knows. Let me share this with you. Yeah. So, my way of just giving back to my community, right? I want yeah. people to. I want their lives to change and their business to change because they took this book on. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much. I'm so excited that we get to have another interview episode together. And I can't wait to dive deeper into what you have to offer. And also, I really want to know your chocolate story. <laughs> so stay tuned. Come back and I will tell you my chocolate story. It will make you laugh. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Susie. Really appreciate it. And talk to you soon. Thank you. What an inspiration. I just loved listening to Susie and understanding from where she came from, from her humble beginnings to where she is now, just really, really, really fires me up because there's so much possible. Opportunity is all around us. We just have to see it and we just have to go for it. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and the show notes and also the resources that we have mentioned and also all the links to Susie are just one click away. And once you're over there, sign up for the empowerment notes. That's empowerment right into your inbox with amazing tips, strategies, insights that can help you to really push your business to the next level in a heart-centered way. And also I'm going to put a link to the Heart Sales Members Community in the show notes. So when enrollment is open, you can join a community of heart-centered business builders from all around the globe. And this is going to be so much fun. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now. Bye.